Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Natasha Trenev. She is the founder and owner of Natrin Probiotics, and she is known as the mother of probiotics, and rightly so, since her family has over 750 years of history of making cultured yogurt and probiotics. And interestingly enough, she was the first person in 1980 to introduce North America to probiotic dietary supplements for human use. Now here's the crazy thing. She has noticed a trend over the years of manipulation of research and a lot of products that are less than stellar in the probiotic industry. And she really wants folks to understand how probiotics work. She wants to help relieve some confusion that currently exists in the field of probiotics that is delaying health and might be even keeping you from having optimal health. And I would say as a practitioner, I found that sometimes probiotics are less than stellar, don't work well, and it has me in addition, has had me in addition to other folks questioning if they really are all they're cracked up to be. Well, Natasha is on a mission to demonstrate the benefits of probiotics and really dispel a lot of myths, but also show you that some of us might not be getting benefits from probiotics because of how they're being manufactured and made. And she's got the history to back it up. So let's introduce you to Natasha Trenev. Hey, Hell Junkies. I have Natasha Trenev on, and we are going to be talking about her 750-year family history with yogurt, probiotics, and her 40 years in the probiotic industry as a whole. So she comes with a host of fabulous info that we're going to dive into here on talking all about probiotics and Natrin, her product line and, and her company at that. So Natasha, welcome to the Health Fix Podcast. It's such a pleasure to speak with you and your listeners. So today, I definitely want to to dive into at some point the confusion that folks have in the probiotic industry, because I feel like even I have been led astray in different times during my 18 plus year career. So we are definitely going to get to that. But first and foremost, I've got I've got we've got to share with folks. Holy cow, your family has 750 years of history of making yogurt. Tell us tell us more about that. Yes, uh, <clears throat> my father is Macedonian. His, gran- uh, his father, my grandfather, and all these generations uh, in the back in the mountains of Macedonia, uh, the city where he was born is still listed by UNESCO as one of the uh, heritage sites in the world. And uh, the the family engaged in making uh, sheep's milk yogurt. I think my grandfather had like 3,000 head of sheep. And they exported the feta cheese and yogurt to Western Europe uh, before World War I and after World War I until World War II. So the family was active in making these uh, fermented, I, I would say a superior fermented food products because if you're the best in the region that this is something native to, that means you are probably the best globally. 
I I don't doubt it. I mean, you even have some some royalty that you were supplying prior to World War II, correct? King Peter II? Yes, my father was the official court supplier to King Peter II. And uh, when my father started his business here in Glendale, California in the mid-1960s, I was still a student at Hollywood High School. Um, you know, by the time I joined my family business in 1970, we had been reached by the Royal Court uh, in England, and we were sending uh, 12 uh, glass uh, jars of 16 ounces each of plain, it was called Continental Royal Yogurt, to the royal family. Wow. That's so cool. That is so cool. So by proxy, I would say you are also royalty when it comes to yogurt and probiotics. I mean, just, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, <laughs> I, well, well, you know, it's like winemaking. You can't claim to be, uh, uh, fortunately, Americans uh, since the 1970s learned uh, a lot about winemaking and drinking fine wine. However, their knowledge of fermented foods is still in the dark ages. Oh, I, I would agree. I would agree. Even the fact that, you know, I've tried multiple times. I noticed that you guys have a yogurt starter. And I was like, ooh, um, you know, something that I have tried to do multiple times and failed miserably at it. And, you know, my Polish grandmother is probably rolling over in her grave going, my goodness, I taught you how to make sauerkraut. You can't do this. So <laughs> it's, yeah, it's well, you know, it's, it's traditional. And uh, what I tell people you can make fermented foods by just acidifying them. Or if you use starter cultures, the starter cultures have to be the ones that identify with the food that you give the name to. For instance, yogurt has a specific starter culture. You can't throw other bacteria in it because it's no longer yogurt and you're trying to make a mishmash out of it. And since I set uh, the liquid yogurt standard in the state of California in 1969, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I I have no doubt. I have no doubt. And it is interesting because, yes, I have found that people are using different starters all over the board. And even like with the fad, with the sour sourdough breads and things of that nature, too. Yeah. Well, not only that, but I uh, there was such a mess with kefir. Mm. Uh, we actually franchised kefir to Altadena Dairy in the 1970s. And then the state of New York... Um, actually paid for me to fly out in the late 1970s to be a witness when they were trying to set a standard for kefir in New York state, because they had all these um, Jewish Russian immigrants that came to Brighton beach. And they said, what is this stuff? It's not kefir. Somebody just slapped a label on some fermented product, but it sure as heck is not kefir. So again, it's observing those standards and it starts with the fermented foods all the way to probiotics because, uh, you know, really probiotics and fermented foods is rocket science. It's as complex as making wine much more complex. And the fact is that there's so much misinformation, we're not actually deriving uh, the incredible health benefits these products can provide. You know, I think you made a really good point there that, that it is complex. I think it's been attempted to be simplified quite a bit over the years. And I I get a lot of patients who will be like, oh, I've tried probiotics, they don't work, or I felt worse. And mm -hmm. I think there this is where looking at the precision probiotic component that that you work with, I think this is huge. Can you tell us a little bit 
about why folks might be, and I know it's kind of a complex question, perhaps maybe why folks might be finding that they don't feel good with certain probiotics or they're not noticing a, a benefit from them? Right. Well, let me just give you a little bit of a background. Um, I've been in the health food industry for 54 years. I sat on committees with uh, an organization called the National Nutritional Foods Association, which actually was imploded by the membership because they didn't want to abide by true label. Mm -hmm. So I was asked by that organization twice uh, to make a probiotic labeling standard, one which was read into congressional record in 1995. And the thing is that this is complex. And so what people have done is they go to these uh, white label producers who have a system. It's not precise. And what they do, they just take concentrations of different microorganisms, they blend them together, make some kind of a silly comment, and then expect the microorganisms to survive in a closed-ended system like a capsule or a bottle and not try to eliminate each other because they're in there without food, without shelter, and they're now got these competitors up against them and they're trying to survive in the system where no food is coming in and no food uh, waste is going out. So uh, these products, um, there are literally thousands of them and I'll make uh, ridiculous claims. And some of them even put in what I call questionable microorganisms uh, to ensure that the end user gets some effect from the product so they keep uh, buying it. And it's a tragedy uh, because all of these multi-strain probiotic products that you see that have six, eight, 12 strains, uh, first of all, once you mix them up together, nobody knows what the heck is in the product. And when I sat on the standards committees, we found out uh, that not only uh, some of them didn't contain the organisms listed, but they contained it on other things that were not listed. So um, you really have to do your due diligence. You have to know who the researcher is, who the formulator is, and who actually is making the probiotic you're ingesting because you're ingesting live microbes uh, that can have a miraculous effect on your microbiome and the composition of your microbiota, or they can be a total waste of money or do something that, that you don't desire. So that's why um, I've decided that I have to go out and re-educate the public for them to understand the standard and understand the brilliance of these microbes and how they can literally help the body heal itself and understand the purpose uh, that they have with us because we're actually a hybrid of microorganisms and human cells. And not understanding that is what's causing uh, what I call the breakout of chronic disease across this country, which I have never seen before in my 54 years of being in this industry. Yes, yes, it does seem like we're, I mean, new kind of symptoms, you know, lots of autoimmune conditions. And, and you know, as well as I do about the immune system and the gut, the skin and the gut, you know, a lot of my podcast listeners are women over 35 who, you know, are, are starting to head into menopause and beyond and or perimenopause and beyond. And, and definitely seems to be at that time when things really do start to break down and folks are looking for, for help. Now, 
you have a three-in-one process, the Trinev process. And and it's really the way I understand it. And I want you to kind of help me help me here. It sounds like your the three-in-one process helps to preserve the probiotic culture within the capsule. Is that what I am uh, I correct? Right. Well, okay. Uh, so this is a revolutionary process that took me almost 10 years to develop. And what you want to do is you want to help the organisms while they're uh uh, what they call in arrested growth. They're never dormant unless they're at minus 170 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the same temperature that you store sperm at. So anything above that is called arrested growth. So what I did is I found an, an oil, sunflower oil, which we have a natural process to remove the water from the oil. And I'll explain it in a little bit uh, because you you don't want anything to wake up the bacteria while they're inside the capsule before they have the ability to enter your body. So we take every precaution to make sure that we meet the criteria for healthy, uh, productive bacteria when they're in their, what I call arrested growth state, so that when they come into our body, they're protected fully and they can do what they're supposed to do. So the oil, if you remember some of your physiology, uh, does not get digested in the stomach. Actually, stomach acid was designed to digest proteins. And okay. since bacteria are virtually over 90% proteins, uh, the stomach acid was also designed to digest or kill the bacteria. So it serves dual purpose. So the bacteria have to learn how to survive the stomach acid. And since oil is not broken down in the stomach, it's later emulsified by bile in your upper small intestine. Uh, that means that our bacteria uh, can survive in stomach acid as low as 1.7 p, 1.8 pH for well over an hour, and that's incredible because with this kind, without this kind of survival rate, any number that you claim you have of microorganisms in any product is worthless because you have to have a third party test and make sure that what you're claiming is accurate and true. So now these bacteria survive the stomach acid and they're also bile tolerant, which is very important because bile is, uh, you know, alkaline in nature and is meant to emulsify oil. So if the bacteria are sensitive to bile, guess what? They're going to get killed by the bile when they didn't get killed by the stomach acid. So these are very important thoughts you have to uh, consider when you're making a product to make sure you're meeting the probiotic bacteria's need for survival so they can do all these miraculous things once they're in our body. Wow. It, it truly is a, a science in and of itself. And I know that you note in on your website that you've had independent studies to confirm survival tests on each of your strains to the bile tolerance and the stomach acid. That's correct. Correct. Right. Did yes. I yeah, that's correct. Yeah. We've used for the survival in the oil matrix, which by the way, comes in a two piece gelatin capsule, which is what is necessary to maintain the oil at a certain water activity. So the bacteria don't wake up when they're inside the oil before they have a chance to get inside your body. So every measure has been taken to make sure that these bacteria survive. Wow. That's impressive. That's really impressive. 
I think a lot of people, you know, maybe take probiotics for granted. I, I know when I was teaching biology um, some 10 years ago, I, I was doing stains and, and we brought in, I had folks bring in different types of probiotics that they got at the grocery store, what they had in their house. And mm. we only found two of them that actually had some bacteria if yeah. in them. And so it was really eye-opening for me to be like, oh, wow, this is much more um, of an issue than I had truly, I kind of just took it for granted, to be honest. Yeah, no, no. Um, that's what I'm telling you that this is rocket science and it's very important for human health. And let me explain, especially for your female listeners. Um, I had the pleasure for 20 years to work with the head of obstetrics and gynecology at Cedar sinai Hospital, a man who was over 140 other physicians. And uh, we've discussed, you know, people think that female health is separate, that uh, digestive health is separate, that mental health is separate. It's not true. Uh, you know, all of that is taken care of in the gut because as we age, uh, we not only produce less hormones, we uh, don't efficiently recycle them because the bacteria in our gut uh, have diminished because we haven't taken care of them. And so therefore, not only are you producing less hormones, you're not recycling enough. And uh, many of the other neurotransmitters that make you feel good are also produced in lower amounts because of that uh, dysbiosis or uh, not a healthy composition of your microbiota. And I can state unequivocally that the, some of the last uh, information I've seen is that only 17% of the people in North America actually have normal digestion. And people say, well, what has digestion got to do with female health? Digestion has everything to do, not only with female health, with brain health, with heart health, with immune health, with skin health. It's all affected from what's going on in your gut. Yes. Yes. I I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree. And part of, you know, as a doc, part of it is is helping folks to understand really what is this microbiome? What does it even mean? Would you mind sharing with us from your extensive knowledge what microbiome health truly means on a micro level? Okay. Well, first of all, um, I was lucky enough to work with the Microbiome Trust in 2013. And so we let's, let's understand some of the terminology. Uh, microbiome means the sum of all the genetic material that the 100 trillion microbes that line our 27 feet of digestive tract have. And they have about 238 million genes versus our 22,000. So in large, they have much more genetic material than we have. And they're also, uh, you know, in greater numbers than we, the cellular structure of our body. So many have considered us to be a hybrid between the microbes and human cells. And we need to understand that because bacteria are literally everywhere, including our brain cells. I had many heated debates with people who said, oh, nothing passes the blood brain barrier. And I said, the bacteria are in the blood. And I literally almost got thrown out for saying that. <laughs> and luckily enough, about 18, 20 years ago, I'm a member of the American Society of uh, Microbiology. Uh, they published an article 
that somebody had the brilliant idea to actually look at the blood under 500x uh, microscope um, magnification. And they saw multiple species of bacteria in our blood uh, that were not be able to be cultured in a laboratory setting, but they were there nevertheless. And so the whole concept of understanding bacteria and their intimate relationship with us uh, became how uh, they studied on a completely new level. And so understanding this very um, delicate composition of microbes in our overall health, I think is the uh, foundation of health and will give us tools uh, to allow the body to heal itself from almost any disease. I, I do believe that. And the longer I've been in this industry, the more I start to really want to appreciate the microbiome, but also one of the things, and, and I, I would love to get your opinion on this, one of the things that I see happening over and over again, and, and it kind of gets trendy for a while, well, it's been trendy for a while, and then it'll kind of die off and it'll come back again, is, is this concept of killing bugs in the gut, like killing the candida, killing the SIBO, killing mm-hmm. you know this and that. Do you believe that beneficial bacteria can can take care of these microbes that become out of balance, such as the yeast, such as say staph or something of that nature? Yeah, well, you know, we have to be careful because, um, you know, some of these uh, microbes have evolved and that's the problem. People don't understand. We have well over dozens of microbes in our communities now that are resistant to every known antibiotic. And I'm not against the use of antibiotics or antimicrobials if people understand what they're doing. Uh, Yes, uh, for instance, I use a lactobacillus acidophilus, which I call the NAS strain, uh, that has been shown to produce hydrogen peroxide in microns and other antimicrobials to make sure it protects its territory once inside the digestive tract. And the problem is that we never know what each individual needs as far as dosing and time of day that they need to take this to get the maximum effect. It's not that the products don't work. It's the, that's the way the person takes them and understands that they have to sort of listen to their body and make sure that whatever they're taking is completely safe at any level and that it's actually producing something to help uh, create what we call the optimal balance of those microbes in your GI tract, in your organs, in your uh, mouth, uh, in your bloodstream, everywhere in the body. That makes sense. That makes sense, which which brings us to the precision probiotic application. And and it looks um, from your website, which, which is something that kind of I've really been a, a, a proponent of is, is kind of a system for getting the probiotics into the body, getting them to be viable, kind of setting up a healthy, healthy foundation. And and so you guys have a Mm three-step healthy start system. Would Mm -hmm. you talk to us a little bit about that and share with us kind of how that works and and how that kind of works into the precision probiotic? Right. Well, we have the, well, let me just say, we have the powerhouse, which I call the healthy Trinity, which uh, guarantees a hundred percent survival through gastric juices. And that's, um, you know, American love, you know, magic pills. And if <laughs> I have one, that's the one. <laughs> but the healthy start system is unique again, because what I do is I grow 
each bacteria separately on the food that it likes, not what we think is good for us. Bacteria are very fastidious and they don't waste cellular energy to impress us. They grow on what they like and they will uh, produce these incredible beneficial byproducts and what we call the fermentation end products if they're given the opportunity to choose to grow in that medium and produce them. You sort of have to stimulate them to do it because they're not going to do it just because you want them to do it. Mm -hmm. So each one of those products in the Healthy Start system, one targets the small intestine uh, with lactobacillus acidophilus, the NAS strain. One targets the large intestine, which the colon is part of. We call that bifidobacteria bifidum. And it definitely loves to live in that area of your GI tract. And the third bacteria, which is one of the champion yogurt bacteria, is called Lactobacillus bulgaricus and named after the famous healthy people of Bulgaria who consume yogurt in large amounts on a daily basis. And that bacteria is unique because it's one of the very few that can actually pre-digest the food and get it down to the right molecular size so it doesn't upset the immune cells when the nourishment is passing the intestinal wall. Mm. And all in all three of these bacteria produce compounds to make sure that they can dominate in the region that they are without damaging the cellular structure of the body. That's very important. In other words, you want bacteria that have your best interest at heart because there's only three things that can turn on and off your genes. And that is the perception of reality by you, uh, the microbes in your gut, and the toxins that you ingest or that the bacteria produce. The genes do not turn themselves on and off. So when you have the right bacteria in the body that have been at least listed in the literature for 100 years, and we know the safety levels because I don't even have a complaint with the Better Business Bureau, let alone having some kind of an adverse event where a person has a terrible problem. Uh, that's what needs to be noted. Who is actually selecting the bacteria that they're choosing to sell you. What do they know about them? How do they grow them? How do they stabilize them? How do they ship them? And how are they made to survive your stomach acid and your bile in order to ultimately benefit you? All very huge, huge points because yes, I think a lot of products, I mean, I read labels with that patients bring in, you know, their bags of supplements often and, and I'll see you know, random probiotics thrown into vitamins, you know, just multivitamins and, and random probiotics thrown into greens powders. And I think to myself, how does this work? How it doesn't. How can it you doesn't. Have... Yeah. It doesn't work. And having sat for 10 years uh, with the NNFA, that's the National Nutritional Foods Association on something called the standards committees. And we, we try to incentivize manufacturers to be in the true label program time. And again, uh, we would test uh, all the products off the shelves across the country uh, in health food stores. And we would find consistently uh, the labels were 80% off. In other words, the products did not contain the ingredients listed on the label. Mm. That's, that's disappointing. And, and, which further leads to confusion for, for the consumer and especially in the probiotic industry. I mean, I think 
the one of the biggest questions I get from a lot of folks is, of course, what probiotics are best, but I'm also asked all the time, am I better off just drinking, you know, kefir? Am I better drink? Am I better off t- eating yogurt? Am I better off, you know, making my own ferments at home with veggies? Or do I need prebiotics? Do I need probiotics? I mean, it's gotten to the point where there's so many variables that it even makes my head spin most days. Yeah. Well, if if I may, I may I'll simplify it for you. Please. Um, you know, the fermented foods uh, are functional foods. And since, you know, I set a lot of the standards, functional foods are designed to deliver more benefit to you than the original ingredients before they were fermented. It means easier digestion, easier absorption, and better utilization. They were not designed to enhance the growth I mean, to give you a lot of these probiotic bacteria, they were designed to enhance the growth of your original probiotics and provide a very small amount of the probiotic organisms. That was okay uh, 50, 70, 80 years ago when we didn't have this pollution of the air, the soil, uh, the uh, the uh, water, and our food. You know that I, I read an article recently that says that processed foods in North America contain 210 different chemicals. Mm. So what has changed? The We've changed the environment. So that's why the confusion. And I tell people, please, when you eat fermented foods, know what fermented foods you're eating. And I also have nightmares about people who don't have a cultural background on sanitary conditions in their kitchen, and they try to ferment their own foods, whatever it is, without understanding what to look for and how not to contaminate the fermented food so that you're now ingesting not so healthy bacteria when you assume you're uh, ingesting healthy bacteria. Yes, yes, that is definitely something I've run into in my practice for sure. And yeah, it's it's hard, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I could have sold and gotten out of this business, but, um, I stay because I know I've got two or three generations that are extremely compromised. In fact, you know, uh, just to give you stats on colon cancer, uh, one stat said that people younger than 55, one in uh, five will get colon cancer. Then I got another article that says that people in their thirties are now getting colon cancer in exponential amounts, which is very troubling to me. And in in general, uh, millennials are a lot less healthier than the previous generation. And that gives me pause for concern because I think they're getting too much information. They don't have the wherewithal to discern what this information is. And they're being seduced by language and data that they have no way to verify. Right. I That's why I do this podcast. <laughs> It's, it's my mission because it's, it is hard. Even as doctors, we struggle because we're, we're being fed information from different, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, in my world, it's, it's instead of pharmaceutical companies, I have supplement companies that, you know, will say, Hey, I've got this new probiotic, but that that's not their, that's not their forte, you know? No, it's like telling me that, okay, you, you make, um, sexy sports cars <clears throat> tomorrow they come into your office and said hey you know 
we're making a new version of the space shuttle. <laughs> and you're saying, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what they're doing because, you know, bacteria are a lot smarter than we are. And for me to for, for find out all these companies, oh, we got this probiotic. And uh, the tragedy that happened in our industry, I would say about 40 years ago, was that people started thinking how to grow their business and the way to grow their businesses by doing line extensions. And even the composition of the vitamins in a capsule uh, have to be accurately combined so that your body can recognize it and actually utilize it. And just throwing a compound in and giving you what I call information out of context doesn't really help the end user uh, utilize that uh, vitamin or derive any benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not just probiotics. I'll just give you an example. I sat on committees where we endlessly research vitamin D absorption, vitamin D3. And uh, to make a long story short, we found that the sublingual form was probably the best way to get vitamin D3, aside from staying in the sun for a couple of hours a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so there is every vitamin, and I think this is where our industry needs help. Uh, needs, you know, people who truly know their topic are really interested in not just selling. And I, I found great opportunities to extend my line, but I don't do that because it's, you know, uh, you, you need to be concentrated because making probiotics is rocket science. It is extremely difficult. You have to be completely dedicated and you have to stand your ground no matter what competition is thrown at you or what everybody else is saying. And the reason everybody's sending the same message because they're all using a one of four major white label suppliers in North America. And so it seems like you have all these varieties, but really they're not all varieties. They're just the same old, same old with different stories and different packaging. And I also have told my colleagues, would you please stop selling probiotics for a symptom. Probiotics were not designed to take care of a symptom. They were designed to uh, enhance the environment in your GI tract, to quiet down the immune system, to boost it when it needs to be boosted, to tolerate food when it goes uh, through the intestinal barrier into your bloodstream, uh, to make sure your body is fueling itself, not just feeding itself, uh, to make certain that chemicals like uh, serotonin are produced in the proper amount, that dopamine is produced, that the precursor for tryptophan and GABA are produced so that you continue your healthy brain uh, function. And I could go on for another half an hour and tell you what the purpose of a healthy uh, microbiota composition and a healthy microbiome is to the body and not to just throw some random organism that's going to achieve some symptom uh, relief and not really give you this miraculous support that we really need in this day and age. It's, it, yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm over here thinking about it while you were talking and, and laughing because yes, it's like, I, my, I'm depressed. Oh, take these mood probiotics. I have skin issues. Take these skin probiotics. You know, it's, it's, it's boggling. However, 
as, as you know, and, and many of the listeners know too, that our beneficial bacteria do help our, our mood, our skin, our immune system. And it's more their core function, correct? Just how you've been describing it to us. Absolutely, because I've done clinical studies uh, on our uh, Healthy Trinity where it, it, it performed as well as the uh, antibiotic and got the same results in the same amount of time as the antibiotic. And it was especially important for young women who generally get yeast infections when they're put on minocycline for their acne. And mm-hmm. I tell people that's the same probiotic that's helped people that have had uh, severe diarrhea uh, that literally ruined their life that, you know, can't digest, can't absorb, can't function. And I said, and, and the beautiful part is that's the extra bonus that your skin will reflect on what's going on inside your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have another technical question that a lot of people ask me in terms of confusions is, is gut lining and probiotics being viable, you know, having the, the proper gut lining, having the, the mucus layer, things of that nature. Do you feel that probiotics can survive if someone's not working on their gut lining or, or what have you found? Well, I found that the bacteria will take care of the gut lining. The gut lining gets messed up because of our uh, thinking process, uh, what we're ingesting, our emotional state. And that if you supply the right probiotic, like I said, in our healthy start system is what I call, I have a complete culture set for each bacteria to bring along their own fermentation and products, which are very essential to help uh, healing the gut and producing what the gut needs to be healthy. Uh, And that's because I'm supplying what I call a a complete system. And in my Healthy Trinity, I'm supplying a large amount of healthy bacteria to repopulate. And, uh, you know, I, I always worry when people, again, give what I call these supplements uh, that are supposed to be miraculous and healing like the gut lining. Mm-hmm. The gut, you know, the body is very capable of producing what it needs if you give it the tools. And and that's so, huge. Keep going, keep yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I know there's a big uh, talk about butyrates and glutathione. Yes, glutathione is good, but it depends who's making it, how it's uh, produced, how you, how you ingest it whether or not your body can utilize it and butyrate cannot survive. And I know some people who have spent a lot of time trying to tell me how butyrate supplementation can survive stomach acid. It can't, um, for instance, like the bifidobacteria uh, that we use can stimulate another group of uh, bacteria to produce the butyrate. See, there is cross communication. I mean, if you've ever watched Star Wars, what's going on in your gut is much more interesting in you know, photon light emission is how the bacteria communicate with each other. And there is a lot of conversation going on as to what needs to happen and how to protect your territory. And they have a vested interest in, the, the true probiotics have a vested interest in protecting your gut because that's the home that they wanna thrive in. Mm-hmm. It's all based on material wants they feel that you are one of the best environments where their kind can thrive. So they're going to work to protect you because it's good for them. 
makes sense. I mean, I think we forget about the whole concept of this more or less symbiotic or or I don't know the best word because I know there's lots of different ones that I can't even remember from yeah. <laughs> years of microbiology, but symbiotic or or a partnership, if you will, between us and and the bacteria, because I think we've come into the state of there's beneficials and then there's non-beneficials. And I feel like we're like you were saying, it, it's kind of like this protect their environment. But we think about how we have to add so many herbs, so many things to kill to try to balance when really if the bacteria are healthy and we have good strains of bacteria, we don't need to do all the other fancy things. Yep. Yeah, we can. It's very capable of dominating the territory. It depends. And like I said, we all need different layering system of these bacteria to ingest to find the proper amounts. And that's why I've, I've created this system so mm -hmm. we can customize it because your bacterial composition is unique to each individual, like your fingerprint. Mm -hmm. So it's not one size fits all. And I only use bacteria that have evolved with us and have never caused any problems under any conditions. And I'm very much opposed to the use of these soil organisms because soil organisms are things we used to wash off of our vegetables before we eat them. Mm -hmm. um, they're meant to do their job in the soil. And because there's something we call pleomorphic, meaning they're shape shifters, they can change into another shape. And if necessary, they can produce toxins to dominate their territory. And it's not something you want going on in your gut. And I've fought the use of these uh, soil organisms. I was successful in getting one uh, resolution out from the NNFA warning people about using a certain soil organism. And the company ended up suing me and four other members on the standards committee. We prevailed, but this is how people fight when they don't have the science. They try to sue you to slow you down so that they don't lose their market share. Wow. 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 The shape yeah. your concept to me is interesting. It's something that, you know, being in the game a long time with trying to help folks digestive systems, including my own that I've struggled with for years. Um, it's been something that I've been down the different routes of trying different things, tried the soil based. And, and I also think that, you know, because of the soil based, the mold component that folks, you know, struggle with as a whole, it seems like I found the symptoms to be very similar in in that case. Now, I do have a question about spore-based probiotics, uh -huh. like bacillus yeah. brand, or not brand, but bacillus species in particular. What's your take on those? Well, yeah, those are the soil organisms. And when I say pleomorphic shapeshifters, they are the shapeshifters. In oh. other words, uh, they form a spore to protect themselves from the environment. Okay. And that means it's in a, it's sort of in a semi-dormant state and they're not active. And luckily, a lot of these spore organisms that you ingest never sporulate or change shapes inside your gut, but just come out with your feces because 40% of your dry weight, fe uh, dry weight feces is bacteria, viruses, and other microbes. So you have a very dynamic ecosystem that's you know growing, changing, and expelling. Now, when they sporulate and become a more a classical bacteria cell, uh, they want to dominate their territory. That's their objective, and they're much too strong 
for us to house in large numbers in our GI tract. In other words, we're going to get some through the food, whether we like it or not, but they're not going to be dominating the 100 trillion microbes that we have in our gut. And it would be dangerous because I said they can produce toxins under the right conditions, and those toxins can damage our cellular structure, and they can turn on our genes, which we don't want to fool around with. Mm. And so here, here's here I'm calling myself out in in the the scheme of things because of trying to understand soil based versus just spore based because and and here's marketing guys it, it even falls into me getting confused because I use and and probably won't be now um, because of what you're describing um you know and and this is where the education even of doctors um needs needs to be updated because we've been taught with the spore-based probiotics and and this is kind of ringing true in terms of what you're saying here is is that they go in and they can weed out other things but the problem is is if they weed out what else are they doing is, is yeah yeah that's exactly and remember spore all soil bacteria are spore formers mm-hmm. sometimes they use the word spore to confuse people because people don't know that all uh, bacillus uh, strains and species are spore formers. And by the way, in the bacillus genus, the nastiest cousin is anthrax. Bacillus anthracus. Yes, ma'am. So so you do not want to play around with uh, species from that genus, the bacillus genus. Wow. Uh, because, Because we just don't know enough. And yes, it's used in some cultures, but they know understand how to control it, use it culturally. We do not. And somebody buying something from India or uh, South Korea or Asia is very dangerous because the FDA is not watching that, not checking that. And they get presented some data. They look at that data and they pass along in that data. It's the same thing that happened with the chemical glyphosate. Now, glyphosate is the active chemical in Roundup, the weed killer. Mm. Okay. Now, it was first patented as a very potent antibiotic in the early 2000s. I think it's around 2003 or 2004. I could be off a year or two. And nobody knew that. So when, when they presented it to the FDA, they presented something called the human cell line and showed the FDA that glyphosate was not damaging the human cell line, but they never told the FDA that it had a devastating effect on the microbiome. Mm. So all these people that got the cancers, got the cancers because the glyphosate uh, is and, and still is a potent antibiotic that completely destroys the optimal balance of your microbiome. And that's why it's not safe. So the same thing goes on. They present a very, you know, uh, terse uh, examination of what these bacteria do, but they've never present the complete case of what can happen inside the the microbiome under certain conditions. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably didn't know that glyphosate is is has that action. I mean, we kind of know it's a toxic pesticide, but I don't think folks knew what it does to the microbiome. 
My goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because unfortunately that information is kept from us for a reason. And we've been sort of taught, we've been sort of taught to be very peripheral, you know, to take complex topics. It's just like uh, the only analogy I can make is somebody using an iPhone, iPhone 14, but they've only ever had an iPhone 10. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The technology is vastly different, right? And, but if you're not familiar with the technology or how to use it, you're lost or anybody can tell you anything. And what do you believe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, and, and that's the hard part. And that's the hard part right now in, in any industry, but also teaching folks to look at the research and really look at it, read who funded it, read those kind of things. I noticed yeah. that you even mentioned you have independent research on your products too. Yeah, we do. And I'll tell you, I'm also very disappointed in research because I've worked with the best universities. You know, I've worked with the head of um, gastroenterology at Yale. I've worked with um, celiac professor at Harvard. I've worked with Stanford. I've worked with Northwestern. I've worked with great universities. And one thing I can tell you that a lot of research that gets funded uh, gets funded because they want a certain result. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sort of disappointed because I tell people, look, uh, there's on the species that I use, uh, Lactobacillus acidophilus, 10,000 research articles have been published in the last 50 years. It goes back in the literature for 100 years. I understand this organism. I understand the strain variables and how to induce each strain to produce what we need. That's the understanding you need. Um, not, you know, something that somebody tests in, in a laboratory system where they are assured they're going to get certain results uh, if they do certain things the certain way. Uh-huh. And this is where I'm saying that I'm completely shocked because I've been doing this, like I said, for uh, half a century. And I was so uh, naive is the word. <laughs> and so you know, and I never want to become jaded, but I was so naive. I believed everything that people told me until I found out what the business aspect of that was. And then who do you believe? And the thing is with microbes, you have to have a complete selfless dedication because they are smarter than we are and they don't behave uh, the way we think they should behave. And that's why we have a problem because of this ignorance and we think that we can dump anything inside our GR tract and it's not going to have detrimental effects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take a minute to talk about prebiotics. Yes. Um, the, the word prebiotic was coined uh, a couple of decades ago because there was a, f- a problem with something called FOS, which is fructooligosaccharides. And what basically prebiotics, and this is, is an indigestible carbohydrate or sugar. Now, what does that mean? It means that the substance cannot be broken down by the body for its use. It becomes direct feed for any microbe that's in your gut. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, some substances, uh, the beneficial bacteria will grow and they prefer to grow, but nobody can guarantee you that under certain conditions or under stress, that the undesirable bacteria 
will use the same uh, prebiotic or indigestible carbohydrate for its benefit. Wow. That's, I mean, definitely something I've thought about over the years too. Like, why do we add these things when we really don't know the per- the, the predictability of what's going to happen? Yeah. No, because they're assuming that microbes are dumb. And as I said, they're a lot smarter than we are. And I'll just give you one example. You know, uh, Splenda, the artificial sweetener, mm-hmm. is manufactured like a prebiotic. Why? Because they take a sugar molecule, which is a disaccharide, and they inject the chlorine molecule in between. So that sugar becomes indigestible by your body, but can be utilized directly by the microbes in your gut. And if you've seen the data on Splenda, it completely uh, ruins an optimal balance of the gut and is actually quite dangerous to be used on a regular basis. Wow. Wow. Goodness. I mean, I I knew it had implications that way, but I did not know about the chlorine and, and that effect. So that's good stuff for folks to hear. I, I appreciate that. That you know, I try to give examples because it's it's a very complex field, understanding microbes. And I would just say that people need to learn about digestion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we make jokes about gas or bloating. It's not a joke. Uh, it's an indication that your fuel pump is not going to be feeding your body. It's going to produce problems. Mm-hmm. And since our body is replaced every year, Every year, your 50 trillion cells get replaced. It's a new you. So your body is losing 10 million cells a minute. Those 10 million cells have to be replaced. And if your body's producing cheap proteins to uh, make those new cells, you will get disease. It's as simple as that. Wow. And that's what I tell people, learn uh, your body's operating system just as well as you know your iPhone or your desktop and even better because that's how how you're going to stay healthy and happy and die in your sleep and not be hooked up to monitors and needles, uh, uh, you know, suffering. That, amen to that. That is how I want things to go, especially for everyone, including myself. Natasha, holy cow, so much good information. I want folks to be able to get to your website and also understand where to start because I think for a lot of people, they're going to go, okay, I want to work with with Natrin and now, now Natrin, I keep, why can't I say your product right? What's wrong with it's me? Okay. I'm, like, I'm gonna let you say it. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's Natrin. And uh, look, um, I'm still working and I still have three lovely ladies working for me. Uh, they're not just a telemarketing group. One has been with me for 23 years. Another one has been with me for 15 and they're all there for more than a decade because they say nothing gets them up in the morning because they love to deal with the people and um, they're not going to hound you. Nothing bad is going to happen to you. You can call them up and ask questions because it is somewhat complex and they will help you choose the right thing for you to start on and you know make sure that that microbiome is taken care of so i'm going to give you the number it's um 
866, the number four, and the name Natron, which spells N-A-T-R-E-N. And then you can also go to natron.com and we have a live chat session. And truly my desire is not just to make sales because I could have been retired 10 years ago. I'm 75 and I still put in eight to 10 hours a day. I'm still healthy. I have minor issues. Um, and so what I'm telling people is that when you do something you love, it's never work. It's a mission. It's a passion. And my mission is to make sure that our succeeding generations understand their gut, understand digestion, and we start moving this country to a healthier state and stop the proliferation of all these products that are basically useless and that people buy and then turn off to the whole concept because they never got results. Mm -hmm. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's one of those things that I'm, I love that you are still in the game. I love that you haven't sold out your company. That's that to me is huge because I think that's where a lot of the companies lose their, lose their mission. And my gosh, you've got 750 years of history. I don't think anyone can top that in terms of looking at probiotics, yogurt, et cetera, all of the cultures. You have the most information that anyone out there, and it speaks for itself because of longevity. Yeah, and because of my passion, you know, I'm one of the old-fashioned health food aficionados that never went into the business just to make money. I went in to first help people with my knowledge and money becomes a spiritual reward when you do the right thing. It's not about making more money than someone else. It's about providing a product or a service uh, that blesses people and that that reward comes back in the form of money. Uh, and, and that's, I think, necessary for our whole society to heal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. My goodness, Natasha, thank you so much for providing us so much information. I've learned a ton. I'm definitely all in on switching over my my recommendations to your products and really teaching folks, keeping the, the education going about probiotics and and what they can do for you and and understanding the the benefits of of them when they are processed in a proper manner that's going to be viable for them. Thank yeah, you. and not only that, that we're using safe organisms that evolved with us, that are part of us, that we don't we don't use designer organisms that are not really part of our microbiome. They may be there in small numbers, but they're really not supposed to be part of our microbiome. That's huge. You know, I'm, I know we're going to sign off, but I have one question for you, though, before sure. we start. Microbiome testing. Is it even worth it to know what bugs you have and what? Uh, you uh, well, you know, that's a whole topic. We could spend another hour, but I would say 99% of the fecal sampling is bogus. And that's because I've worked with a, a, a fellow colleague who's uh, a brilliant genius in the field of molecular identification He's worked for the British version of the CDC, and he and I have had numerous conversations. We worked together since 1991, and we know the difficulty 
of determining what comes out at the other end because it's only a measure of what's in your gut at that time. And since the bugs are growing there, they're you know replicating, they're changing, and there's more fermentation that happens in the large intestine. It's really <clears throat> only a slight indicator as to what's going on. It's not a true picture of what you go, what you have in those 27 feet of GI tract. So I tell people, rather than charging your patients or paying yourself to do a stool test, start a program and listen to your body and see how your body reacts. And that's a much better way to go. And that's what I'm trying to tell people uh, that tests are not always designed to tell us what the body is doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've wondered about that. I've wondered about that. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to answer that for us. And, and, you know, the other last thing about designer probiotics, acromancia, what's your take? Uh, acromancia municipalia. Yes. Well, it's a, um, it's a commensal organism, but um, I've got people who are for it and against it. I've got one doctor who I won't mention her name, who's concerned because she said they have been found to be present in Parkinson's uh, disease patients and other mental health issues. And I said, look, just because they're there doesn't mean they're the infectious agent, but it's not an organism we know enough about. And as I said before, you should not be taking an organism to control glucose levels because that's not the only function of that microorganism. It's going to be doing other things in your body. We just don't know enough about this organism to be ingesting it because remember, it's intelligent. It does more things than we think it does. And so until we absolutely know that there's no foul agenda here, I personally wouldn't take it. Okay. There you have it, guys. There you have it. 54 years of experience in the industry and a family history of 750 years at work there. I think I have thought about this long enough that, yeah, I, I'm I'm in the camp of seeing what your body does using the ones, the the beneficial bacteria that we know can can benefit and with a company like yours that we know gets results thanks for answering and not only that that is committed not just to making sales but committed to making people healthy because uh you know i've been offered and i can say this with a clean heart and a, a clear mind a lot of money to make so-called shelf-stable probiotics and i said absolutely not i don't care how many millions of dollars i lose it's, it's not a truth. Uh, there's no such thing except that exists in the laboratory. Uh, and so I would ask your, your listeners to please don't ever buy anything that sells that's shelf stable and make sure you understand how to read a label before you spend your money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Thank you so much. So my pleasure. I just want to send my love and gratitude to all of you. And I hope this information serves to make your life better. Hey, Health Junkies, are you feeling just off, feeling like you're aging a little bit faster than you want to and wondering what in the world is up? Hey, 
I might have some answers for you and some direction. If you want to chat with me, I am offering complimentary calls right now. You can head over to doctor spelled out J K R A U S E N D dot com. Take my quiz, click on the schedule of chat, and let's talk and see if we can get you in the right direction. And if I'm able to help you, I'm going to let you know. Otherwise, I'm going to help you find what you're looking for. Head over to drjkrausnd.com and check it out now. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix Podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.